This week, you will face an impossible mission, and no one else in the world can perform your mission for you. The greater the obstacle, the greater the story, and your story this week will be no exception. Welcome to Mrs. Impossible, a judgment-free zone where impossible does not exist. So welcome to Mrs. Impossible. For the next hour, let's suspend all of our ideas about right and wrong. We're going to leave all our shoulds at the door. No, I should do this, or I should do that, or I should be this, or I should be that. No shoulding in here. (laughs) No, I have tos, or I need tos, you know, in this podcast sense our family and friends and workmates and community, they're all going to shit on us, should on us, with their ideas of what's right and wrong for us, some of them well-meaning. Just now is a time when we just take the time to tune into our own voices, our own collection of feelings and data about our own lives during this hour. So these are today's show segments. Here we go. First, I'm going to have fresh pick thoughts where I have no plan for what I'm going to say. I'm just going to say things. No plan. Next segment will be swiping with Cindy. I'm single at the moment. And the dating world is ferocious and thrilling and dangerous and horrifying and exciting. So I'm going to share some of that with you. Then we'll have the mission control room where we start talking about our mission, my mission. I'm going to dive into it. This is episode number one, but uh, once we get going, I want to hear from you guys what your missions are, how they went. We'll talk about our wins and our learnings. And then, yeah, no, after that, we're just going to tie things up. I'm going to say, hey, subscribe to the podcast. And then... I'm going to say, hey, tell me what your impossible mission is for this week. And here's how to contact me. And then I'm going to thank Lucas McManus, who's now in the American military. Lucas, I'm so proud of you for putting that intro music together at the beginning here. Give you a little disclaimer that we're not associated with the movie Mission Impossible. Ready? I'm going to set my little timer here for fresh pick thoughts. Okay, five minutes. Fresh pick thoughts. (sighs) I have to admit that I love talking into the microphone, but once I know that I'm now officially recording this podcast after so many months of thinking about it and preparing for it, I feel this weight on my chest that I cannot ignore. And I don't feel 100% relaxed. But I'm hoping that at the end of this, or as I get further into this, I will. I think it's just the fact that I've been building it up for so long that that here I am, finally, finally sitting down. Why did it take so long? You know why it took so long to get this podcast together? Because when I do something, I want to put my whole heart into it, and I don't want to do anything half-ass. I want to put my whole heart into it. So I came up with a theme around this. This is impossible. 
partly because I just want to talk and I needed a theme to put around it for fun. So Mrs. Impossible sounded cool, but also because I genuinely don't believe in impossible. What I do believe is that you either really want something enough to make it happen or you don't want it enough. Humans can fly now. There are so many ways humans can fly. By plane, by little suit. You can jump off a cliff and like fly with these little fly suits. You can fly in all sorts of devices, uh, gliders. You know, this wasn't around. <laughs> what if you what if you had said to people what, two hundred years ago that you know, humans will be able to fly. They never would have thought of all of the myriad of ways that people fly now. Now we even go into space. That's another form of flying. Humans have stepped on the moon. Gosh. So don't tell me anything is impossible, please. So I'm a huge fan of Kyle Cease. And he wrote this book where he described a way to live. And I have only over the past week decided, you know what, consciously decided. It was something I loved as soon as I read it, but I consciously decided that this is who I want to be when I read it. Here's what he says. You spent 20 bucks, hopefully 30, on this book with the hope that it will help you in some way, and the first page is just about how scared I am to write it. I'm sorry, the only thing I know how to do is say exactly what's on my mind. I know that might sound strange, but what's stranger to me is the fact that most people don't say what's actually on their minds. We're always thinking something, but instead of saying what we're really thinking, which would free us and open us up to new possibilities, we instead say what we think people want to hear. How much easier would life be if we just said what we were thinking in the moment? You would have sensed my inauthenticity immediately if I was feeling fear in every ounce of my body and I just overlooked it in order to write the right thing. Instead, by bearing my soul and telling you what I'm actually experiencing, I'm freeing myself from the pain I would otherwise be hiding and holding on to. Something I've learned is that sharing my deepest truth, no matter how scary it is in the moment, is freedom. My only pain would come from repressing that truth. For instance, and here's the key, guys. This is who I want to be. Ready? Here we go. He says, for instance, if a man were to get in an elevator and there was a beautiful woman next to him, he might be trying to think of something to say to her to open up a conversation. What if he just said that? What if he turned to the woman and said, I'm trying to think of the right thing to say to you. Think of how honest, vulnerable, and freeing that would be. Instead of hiding behind some cheesy pickup line, he gives her his heart, his fears, his truth, and he opens up the possibility for her to do the same. Okay, that's the end of my reading. Oh, did you feel good hearing that? Doesn't, isn't that so freeing? I want to be that. If I'm scared, say, I'm scared. Here we go. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of my first podcast. So I'm so deep into this Mrs. Impossible identity that I didn't... Oh, I just got a dating app notification. Quite frankly, that's what that sound was. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, so I was so deep into the Mrs. Impossible identity that I didn't even give you my name. My name is Cindy McCoy. C-Y-N-D-I. Cindy McCoy. A pleasure to meet you.
Next segment is Swiping with Cindy. I think I need a little intro sound for this. I need like a romantic like bunum bunum kind of sound. <laughs> and then like a scream of terror because both of those feelings happen when I'm swiping. <laughs> so here we go. How many of you have gone on a dating app before? Maybe some of you have never gone on it. Oh, lucky you. I confess it is terribly addicting and occasionally very rewarding, but mostly horrifying <laughs> for lots of reasons. And I will right now swipe live with you to tell you why both emotions happen in the world of swiping. So welcome to the next segment, Swiping with Cindy. I'm going to start swiping. Shall we swipe in Tinder? Let's start with Tinder, okay? And don't down Tinder because even my medical doctor showed up on there several times and he's a good man. Oh, should I say their names? I don't know the rules for this, but okay. <laughs> okay, let's uh, look at Michael. Michael said he loves music. <laughs> Michael must be a human. <laughs> oh, he had a nice picture. Oh, and he's making, it looks like he's making espresso martinis in one of these photos. It's not bad. Sometimes, you know, I have to read potential in these images. You know, I, I, I do know photography pretty well. I've worked in multimedia for many years. Photography, video, graphics, digital. I, and so I'm familiar with the many ways a person can come across in a photo, how it can look nothing like them, how it can look exactly like them, how it can distort certain facial characteristics. That's why you need multiple really good photos on a dating profile. So this guy hardly has eyebrows. He has like a third of an eyebrow on each side. And that's awkward because he has really nice skin. So it's just like really smooth, really small lips, and then just like two little raindrop eyebrows. Well, okay, that's okay. <sighs> that's not working for me. But he was making some espresso martinis. He has more eyebrows than some of the other photos. Oh, no, it's still little teardrops. This is a sexual attraction thing, guys. He might have an amazing personality. So now I'm, I'm perplexed because I don't know whether to swipe left or right. But I have a feeling that if I met him, I just might only see the eyebrows and not hear anything else that's going on. The opposite can happen, too, in a face-to-face -face date with someone you just meet off the internet where something wonderful about them is all you can see. On my date with my first boyfriend off of Tinder, all I could see was he had amazing pecs and he wore this t-shirt on a first date that kind of hung down, almost like the equivalent of cleavage for a woman. He had that like male strong chest with like that, do you call it cleavage? Pec cleavage? <laughs> and a man. And it was just so breathtaking. And he didn't give me the nervous smile at all. He walked in and his first words to me were, can I get you a drink? <laughs> and we both had soda water, which was so heart melting because we were both very fitness and diet oriented. But I remember just trying not to look at his pecs. Just, 
that's all I could think of. Now, the opposite can happen too, and it often does, and most of the time it does, where the thing that you're sexually not attracted to seems to be louder than anything else in the room, and I think that's what's going to happen with Mr. Michael's teardrop eyebrows. So I'm going to swipe left. Whew. Okay. Blair. Blair. All right. You see, what happens here is... They have some great photos, and then you get to, like, the last photo, and it looks like they have maybe 10, 20 more kilos than they appeared to have in the other photos. So you think, oh, were the other photos old? When were they from? When were they taken? So this guy, I will swipe left because that last photo scares me. I work my bum off every morning, six days a week for half an hour with weights, heavy ones. I am grunting. I am holding my breath and tightening my abdomen so that I can push these weights. And it gives me life. It gives me mojo. It gives me confidence. It gives me physical strength and energy. And when it comes to a romantic potential partner, I want them to be working as hard as me. But physical attraction depends on physical traits. And these physical traits, I'm swiping left. So Blair, there you go, to the left. And I hope you don't hear this. Actually, you know what? There are probably going to be 100 Blairs at some point. Oh, isn't this positive thinking? That listen to this podcast and like, oh, shoot, was that me? Next one, Jared. Yeah, I'm going to say left because of, again, fitness has to be an obvious priority in these pictures for me. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But all I have to make the decision is what's in front of me right now. So left. There you go. Trevor. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. So he has some pecs. This guy Trevor's got some pecs. (laughs) I can tell from his tight t-shirt. But... He has this forced-looking smile in photos, which makes me think that I'm going to, you know, have some more complex emotions to deal with in a guy who fakes smiles. And don't fake smiles really um, irritate you? They irritate me. My own fake smiles irritate me. I've gone on dates with guys who are fake smiling. I think it's because they're nervous. It just doesn't look sincere. It makes me feel nervous. I'm already nervous. The guys that I have actually, that have actually become my boyfriend over a dating app, the two that I, that have become boyfriends over the past two years, were very serious in their photos. They didn't even smile in their photos. And that made me feel calm. It made me think, okay, they didn't look mean. They just had, you know, a, like a military face, like, like a brave face. You know, I'm not a fan of the fake smile. It makes me nervous. So Trevor, you got nice pecs. Not sure about the teeth. They're in the gray area. I have to go left because of that fake smile. I'm sorry. I'm thinking you'll find a better girl for you. Okay, left. Here we go. Okay, Paul. Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. Okay, so... I got giggly, but he only has two photos. So they're good photos. They're good photos. He has a full head of hair. 
he's got a great build. I love broad shoulders. He looks built. He looks kind of muscular. He might have, you know, a little bit uh, less than average body fat percentage for sure. But there's only two photos. So, you, you know, I won't get to see the that angle that reveals a distorted nose or something like that. You know, they're kind of, they're both kind of front on angles. But I'm going to swipe right because of the potential and then ask him when we do match, if we match, to send more photos uh, or to upload them because I don't want to give him my number right away. But he looks very nice, very nice. You're getting a right swipe, Paul. Ooh. Okay, I'm running out of time. So I'm going to stop my swiping. I'm getting really vulnerable with you guys. All right, so... That, that person I want to be that I described at the beginning of this podcast, it's coming out. You guys are getting the raw deal. And I hope some of you don't hate me for this. I'm sorry if you do. These are my feelings and they deserve to be acknowledged. We're about to enter the mission control room. Oliver? Attention. By entering the mission control room, you accept 100% ownership of your happiness, your decisions, and actions. Responsibility falls on you. And you only enter at your own risk. A mission control center, or mission control room, whichever you'd like to call it, only focuses on one mission at a time. One mission. And I know this for sure because I actually had a date a week or two ago His name is David, but on the dating app, he had a different name, by the way. Oh, Bo. That was his name on the dating app. He was an aerospace engineer, an aerospace engineer. And I said to him, how fortunate I should meet you because I'm using the metaphor of mission of a mission control room or mission control center for my upcoming podcast and my theory overall of coaching. And so I got to ask him if I could use his first name at least and and tell you guys that I've learned from him and confirmed with him that a mission control room, whether it's military's um, mission control room or NASA or a government or commercial airline, they all focus on one mission at a time. So there are 12 mission control panels of things you can control for your own happiness in life. I'll tell you those 12. Those 12 areas are one, human relationships, and that breaks down into categories of friendships, acquaintanceships, biological and adopted family relationships, romantic, dating, or sexual relationships, professional and business relationships, local community groups, neighbors, and organizations, and even political and national relationships. For example, myself, I have a relationship with the United States. I also have a permanent residency relationship with Australia that I can't wait to graduate into citizenship. I love you, Australia. Mission control panel number two, physical health, including medical health, nutrition, and physical fitness. Number three, financial health. Number four, physical rest, low energy downtime, and relaxation. As opposed to number five, which is play and playfulness, things that uplift you and excite you and having fun. Number six, emotions and thought life. Seven, career and business. Eight, learning, novelty, and discovery. Nine, time management, scheduling, and calendaring. Ten, your self-esteem or your self-view. 
as opposed to number 11, which is your spiritual, religious, or philosophical life, your worldview. And then 12, your environments. And that breaks down into your physical sensory environments in home, inside and out, such as lighting, furniture, space, noise, proximity to other people and things, weather, local culture the home and then spreads out into your local community and your physical uh, environments of, of your nation, even national environment. What is the environment there? And then there's the physical sensory environment at work, such as lighting, furniture, space, noise, proximity to other people and things, the weather, the culture. And some people have, you know, there are people who have one environment for their home, and they might fly to a whole other country for their work where it's a very different environment. I do know people who do that. So I've just introduced you to the mission control panels for your happiness, your joy, your sense of health overall. In other words, they're the 12 decision and action areas of our lives, and it's the adjusting any one of the things on these panels that can alter our lives. Okay, I am about to open the book that I have written called The Science of Personal Coaching, which gives you the structure and tricks and tips and other information that you need in order to understand the power of personal coaching, what happens in a conversation, how it happens, when it happens, lots of little checklists to follow, and Normally, a personal coaching conversation involves a coach with proper professional credentials and a client. And something powerful happens when the coach asks you questions. But because there is a science to it, because there is a method to it, I have been able to put it into a kind of self-coaching format. I will follow this coaching format where the book is like my coach and the questions that I have laid out in the structure, I will follow and answer here with you. As you listen to the questions that I ask myself, please answer the question in your heart. Think of your own answers to these questions because at the end of this, I'd like to know what challenge you will give yourself between now and a week from now. Contact me and tell me what you've done so I can talk about it. All right. Number question number one for this week's impossible mission. What do you hope to get out of this? Well, you know, I really hope just like any, any personal coaching session to get empowered to make, improve my quality of life, to deepen the depth of emotion that I feel in the day, to for it to feel more meaningful, to feel more focused and inspired, really. Is that okay? Is that too corny? I used to think coaching was very corny until I actually had one. And I went from a job that I was very good at, but extremely miserable, to getting the job of my dreams because of a coach. Seriously, that actually happened. Okay, question number one. I, I've answered that. Okay, number two. How much time do you have right now to spend on this exercise? Oh, dear. I was only playing on 20 minutes. All right. Do you feel you're in a safe space now? I kind of feel sort of like 
when you put on the bikini for the first time at the beginning of the season, not that I do that very often. I did when I was 21, but not lately. Although I will as soon as my fitness reaches a certain level. But you know, at the beginning of the season, you're not really sure if you're fit or not. I kind of feel that level of confidence with you right now. I can't see you, but I know you're looking. And I hope that I can be naked, emotionally, and vulnerable with you as you listen. Number four, to get started, please tell me either one of the happiest or funniest moments of your life. Just a short story. Oh, for sure. The best time that always comes to mind is my dad making me laugh for it was something like a half an hour straight in a restaurant and everyone else started laughing too. This is when I was about five years old. And it's one of those famous stories that people in your family tell as you get older. And uh, it was told lots of times. So I remember, and I remember the moment too. (laughs) My dad has made me laugh my whole life. I love you, dad. Okay, number five, what are the top three things you are currently tolerating? Oh no. Top three things I'm tolerating. The biggest one that I've been tolerating for a long time because it's gotten worse and worse is my stuffy nose. It's not allergies. It's just the genetic (laughs) situation I'm in because both my parents have had it where I can't fully breathe through my nose all the time. Occasionally, my nose opens up and I can breathe and I feel alive. That's a huge thing I'm tolerating right now. Number two, what am I tolerating? I'm tolerating Tinder. I'm tolerating these dating apps. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing wrong? I did something right to attract two really great guys, but we didn't have long-term things that aligned. So that's why they ended. It's just emotionally exhausting. How can I do dating where it's not emotionally exhausting? That's what I'm tolerating. The other thing I'm tolerating, what's another thing I'm tolerating? Oh, um, I'm going to move on to the next one for time's sake. Usually we'd have more time for this, but I got to keep moving. Okay, six. Let's take a look at your life overall for each of the areas listed, aka the mission control panels. Please give a score of one to 10 to describe how satisfied you feel about that area of life. A score of one means it couldn't be any worse and a score of 10 means it couldn't be any better. You know, I am going to do this scoring after pressing pause on this recording because I know I would have tons to think about with each of these things. So I'm going to do a little scoring offline. Here we go. I'm going to press stop or pause and poof, I'm back. I've just gone through the 12 (laughs) mission control panels of the mission control room. The mission control panels represent 12 areas. Each one of the panels represent one of the 12 uh, controls of our happiness. There are buttons and levers and ways we can change and increase our happiness, or if we so decide, we can reduce our happiness. And I've just gone through each of those 12 and given myself a little evaluation on my satisfaction in each of those areas. And that's what personal coaches do, is we we get a holistic view of your life. And it's like going to the doctor for a checkup. You know, it's like going to, uh, that's probably not a great metaphor, Um, but going to like your pain management doctor specialist and them saying, okay, what's your level of pain this week? (laughs) What do we need to change? What do we need to do this week? But this is really measuring in this context here. Now we're measuring satisfaction. So I've done that and I've just gotten a big snapshot of my life. 
and what might need to be tweaked. Next question. Using your imagination, picture yourself one year from today. Make believe that one year from today you have actually made the most satisfying change you need to make. The question asks me to picture myself one year from today. Using my imagination, picture that I've actually made the most satisfying change I need to make in one of those 12 panels of happiness. <laughs> so what is the change that I imagined? I'm looking at the scores I gave for each of those 12. So I think when it comes to picking something a year from now that I would want to see changed, you know, one of the first things that actually stands out to me is play and having more fun. My biggest monster, we call them, I call it monster in coaching, is the, the voice that says, you're not working hard enough. Now, monsters are those things which are distorted, right? Monsters usually have like a, you know, a stretched out uh, face and scary eyes and like their mouths open really wide and their teeth are enormously large. And so these, these thoughts distort the world or ourselves or others in our minds. And that monster of you're not working hard enough has distorted things for me for a very long time, making me stressed out. Well, it has its good points. I have to thank the monster because I ended up doing very well at uni, university as they say in America, but here in Australia they say uni, uni. I did very well. I got to spend a year at the University of Oxford and talk like this. Well, I didn't talk like this, but everyone else did, and it was so lovely. But I digress. So <laughs> I need more fun because fun is the opposite of the monster. So a year from now, honestly, I'd like to be having more fun. And I think the other thing is career, career and business. And I am a, I have my credentials as a personal coach. I wrote a book on it and I've been working on a platform for coaching and developing a new business model for coaching to make it more like a friend, you know, like that you could, a friend that you could call anytime who's actually credentialed and professionally trained to give 100% of their attention to you with skilled conversation techniques. As opposed to the current model of the one-hour therapy model where it's more formal, you wear a collared shirt kind of a personality and you just talk for an hour once a week. Well, I've created the software platform so that people can become clients and feel more like they have someone to depend on to supercharge your decision-making and action-taking, which is the slogan. And I want to take that somewhere from a year from now. And I, I just want to be coached full-time. That's really why I made the, the web platform, because I want, I want the coaches on there. I want to be able to pick any coach I want in any of the areas of the mission control panels, you know, any of those 12 areas that I mentioned before. And I want, I want to be the client. <laughs> That's where I'd like to be in a year. Does that answer your question? Number seven? Yes. You're meaning me. I'm talking to myself. Okay. So what is a change you imagine? More fun and being completely mobile, ideally just enjoying the client 
role on my web platform <laughs> and having lots of amazing coaches on there. Well, with lots of amazing clients. Okay, number eight. Did I say that already? Number eight. Okay. In the last chapter, you discovered your motivators. Oops. Yeah, I missed that with you guys. I did not cover that. That's a key thing we do as coaches is help you discover your key motivators. What gets you out of bed? And there are 10 categories which have been studied. I, I didn't make this up. It's not airy-fairy. I think it was the University of Pennsylvania. But I know my motivator. I know my number one motivator. It's beauty. And that's internal and external. Not one or the other. Both. Beauty captivates me. And then the second, second runner-up is freedom. And in a very close, almost tied third is order. It's funny because the freedom and order constantly kind of almost butting heads. <laughs> okay, number nine. On a scale of one to ten, with one meaning you couldn't feel any worse and ten meaning you couldn't feel any better, how good does the change from question seven make you feel? Oh gosh, how does it make me feel? It feels like it's my heart. Yes. Oh, on a scale. Okay, so I have to give the score. Oh, nine? Yeah, nine. Okay, I turned the page. Did you hear that? Number 10, what will it cost you if you do not take action on this change? You know what will cost me? I want to remain mobile. I love being mobile. Being mobile is what got me here to Australia. My beautiful hearted boss at the time that I came here seven years ago, let me work remotely. I told him I went into his office one day and I said, I want to be mobile. In other words, not tied down to a physical office. And he let me do that. And many of us are now able to do that as well because of the coronavirus. And so you all understand that. Okay, number 11. After all of this thinking and processing, it's now time to finalize the wording for a long-term goal that can be accomplished within one year. What long-term goal would you like to work on? Yeah, the fun and mobility. That's it. A fun and mobile career. How about we put that? Fun and mobile business. All right. So I think I need to write that down, right? So I'm going to write it down. Fun and mobile business. But it needs to be sustainable too. Look, it can't just be fun and mobile and then die a year later. It's got to be sustainable. So let's say fun, mobile, and sustainable. Well, it's got to be profitable too. Should I add that? <laughs> but doesn't sustainable imply profitable? Yes, it does. So for me, it does. So we're going to say fun, mobile, and sustainable business. Number 15, what would be your very first step towards your long-term goal that you can complete within the next seven days? <laughs> I have like a list of 150 minimum things that I need to do. Okay, your first step towards that. Okay, well, okay, so there are a few things about that. Number one, my first step, I've made a lot of steps, but in the next seven days is what this question is asking me because it assumes that my next coaching conversation is seven days from today, which it will be. I will next Sunday chat with you again here and let you know my progress. But oh, what? Okay, so mumble, mumble, mumble. What would be the first step that I can complete within the next seven days? I'm tossing up. But the, the idea between tossing up the idea of either I have testimonials from clients 
all different clients throughout the years that I've coached and getting those ready to publish, which I've been slowly chipping away at. That includes the test, a couple of testimonial videos and the little photos and text that they've approved and given me. That's one thing. <laughs> Another thing would be, <laughs> you know what? That's it. I really want to lay a good foundation so that when people start going to my platform that they can see everything that they need to see. And the testimonials are key to that. So I think I need to have all of them ready. And I've, and I've just now, just today actually collected another one. It has been an impossible mission for me because I have a hundred other things at least to do. Yes, I have felt like a wall, a cement wall in front of me of making progress with the testimonials because of a thousand, oh, now I've upped it from a hundred to a thousand other things on my to-do list. All right, I'm going to tag on another 10 minutes because truly in an actual coaching conversation, you would have a longer first session because this is called in my book, The Destination Conversation, where you come up with a long-term goal. That's what the destination is. And then every conversation you have with your coach in between is your what I call your next stop towards your destination. So this is the destination conversation. They should be longer. So I'm, I'm tagging time on here. That's what we're doing. All right. So what would be do-do-do-do-do? <laughs> okay, number 14. Okay, the next question. Oh, there are a few questions here that I'm going to skip because I want to move forward more quickly. Okay, the next one, number 16. You have written down your first step. If you wanted to make the step smaller so that you can be sure to complete it within the next seven days, what would that smaller step be? Well, you know what? There are one, two, three testimonial videos, and then about six or seven static image testimonials with text. The static image testimonials with text that would be a small enough goal. That can be done in seven days. But editing long videos down, you know, of a client talking for a while about your services, <laughs> it takes a while. That takes a long time. So I'd say the minimal that I could do would be getting the, the static images and getting, getting those ready. You know, <laughs> is this boring for you to listen to? <laughs> yes. So I'm going to write this down. So minimum is to do the static images and text and get them ready. And then the best I could do, the max I could do, is all three videos edited. Next question. If a negative thought is hindering your planning or thinking right now, what is that thought and how true is it? Yes, I do have a negative thought that there's, it's just a lot of work. And I feel like I will be a little ADD and because of my nose breathing problem, I will lose energy. It contributes to me losing physical energy. And I feel like I might lose energy and not give as much of my heart and effort into it. And I also feel like it could take long. Okay, so it says, if there is more than one, list each of the reasons, next to each to them, write their percentage of how true and false. For example, I don't think I can do it. Maybe 40% true, 60% false. Okay. So the energy thing, okay, yeah, all right, all right. So I can have my caffeine in my green tea and that would help with the energy thing. So then 
I won't have the energy could be, hmm, yeah, 40% true, 50% true, 50% false. Okay, so I can have my caffeine to overcome that. (laughs) Next question. Let's pause for a second to check in to see how you feel at the moment. How do you feel about the direction you're headed in? This exercise right now, I feel great. Thank you, question. (laughs) I do, I feel good. I don't feel like it's a burden, like it has been feeling. I did, yeah, the whole, the whole task of getting these testimonials together has felt like a burden because I've had a hundred other things in my mind. But the fact I'm actually doing like this little coaching session with myself and it's actually making a difference for me. I feel lighter. Okay, it says, if you feel good, continue on. If you feel that you need to go back to an earlier question and change your answer, please do. No, I'm good, all thanks. I mean, all good, thanks. 19, then when you're ready, let's move on to the next question. 20, on a 1 to 10 scale with one being you couldn't be any more committed and one being you couldn't be any less committed, how committed are you to taking that small step? Um, 100, okay, no, I'm, oh wait, 100, that's not the scale, 1 to 10 scale, I'm 9, I'm I'm 9 out of 10 committed, for sure. Next question, if you scored a 7 or below, how can you change it? Nah, I didn't, it's not relevant to me. Next question, on what day or days will you complete your next step? Tomorrow begins day one, and tomorrow for me is Monday, so I will spend every day, because I'm accountable now to you, thank you for listening, because you make me accountable. Next question, how will you remind yourself to complete this? Oh, this will be the number one thing on my mind, because I know that I have you to be accountable to. All right, how believable is it that you can do this? Well, I'm probably going to be tempted to edit this podcast and get it already, so um, I'm thinking that I'm thinking that editing this podcast might be tempting for me and a distraction, which is the next question that asks me what can get in the way of completing this. And it says, explain how you can best prepare for it ahead of time. Okay. Well, I can make it like the reward. I can, maybe I could say to myself, I can only I'll I'll get the podcast ready after I have done the testimonial stuff. Next question, what kind of support and accountability, if any, can you plan to use to help ensure you complete this action? I have a <laughs> Sharing this thing on this podcast gives me tremendous accountability because I know that I will have all of you to report to. I went from 25% body fat to 20% body fat in eight weeks because I had a group of 14 people all competing for a body fat loss competition. I never had that much progress before in my life. And it was that group accountability that that helped me. Last question. What date and time will you sit down with me again for the next conversation? Well, thank you for asking, book. (laughs) I will be sitting down again a week from today and reporting on my progress. And this concludes my self-coaching session, literally self-coaching since I'm the one who wrote out that structure and put it in my book. So my question for you guys listening is after hearing that, or maybe even while listening to it, you thought of something you want to get done and you heard the questions and maybe you followed along with something that you wanted to get done. What challenge do you want to get done this week? I did ask you guys on Facebook 
what are some things that you want in life, but you think are impossible? And I asked you if I could just use your first name, your location, and repeat what you've given me. So I'm just going to go through those. David in Toowoomba, Queensland, Australia. Extended family being close and sharing fun, relaxed time together regularly. You know what's funny is I actually got this uh, right before right before lockdown. So I think he pretty much put that wish out there and got it pretty quickly. I hope it was fun though. You definitely got part of that wish by being in lockdown. See how dangerous it is to put your wishes out there? You just might actually get it. Next one, Brad in Bendigo, Victoria, Australia. He wanted spiritual peace within a community where I feel comfortable with God. So he has a religious context, if you like that word. Next one, Pink is his name. That's the name he goes by. Very entertaining guy, by the way. He's in Fortitude Valley. And he said self-forgiveness. This was my favorite. And it's beautiful because I feel like your depth of feeling things in life will be so much deeper if you can achieve this. And the next one, Bront in Brisbane, Australia. She wants to live on a beautiful land with rolling hill views and a wise old tree away from the hustle of the made-up world, but close enough to friends and family that she has her own community a few minutes away, where her work allows true, a true work-life balance and the scale tips toward life just as much as it does work. She wants to raise a family in this, and she wants more of that for them to grow up in. Okay. I want to talk to you guys. Before you make decisions or take any actions, identify your values or motivators first. And then when you make decisions, suddenly they feel lighter and empowering and motivating. You want to get out of bed to do them. Studies show, a study showed, a study particularly that comes to mind showed that we actually don't make decisions in life according to our own values unless we consciously recognize and identify those values and then consciously integrate them into the decision-making process. In other words, my value is beauty. And someone asks me, which house do you want to live in? I just might make the decision based just on, you know, which one's closest to work. And that's out of practicality. That's not out of my highest value or what I call motivator. So let's stop for a minute. I call the values motivators because they are what get you out of bed. So I know my main motivator is beauty, internal and external. Now, if I made that decision not conscious of my value motivator, beauty, I might say, okay, this one's just practical. It's closer to work. I I will just choose that one. And then I might end up unhappy. But then the other option is to consciously identify that value, what I call motivator, and incorporate it into the decision-making process. So beauty is my value. So how do I incorporate that in? This is how I incorporate it. What answer aligns most with my motivator? That's what I ask myself. And then all of a sudden, my heart lifts. And I'm not making a decision with a heavy heart. I'm making a decision with a light heart. And I'm excited about it. And so if I have two flat options, or apartment options, as we would say in America, then I might make the decision of, okay, one's 
five minutes farther from work, but it gives me a beautiful view that makes me feel inspired and happy to come home. And it gives me energy when I come home versus the other one that has a first floor view and I have no inspiration when I get home. Do you even hear my tone of voice when I said that? Like how much richer of a life would you have by making choices from your motivators? So to all of those who wrote me, with your visions, have you identified your motivator? There are 10 categories of motivators and there are many subcategories that you can all fit underneath each of these very neatly. Here we go. Let me give you the very quick hack to identifying your motivator. Now imagine out of these 10 that you can only take one of them into a new world that you are starting. So. We've discovered a new planet and you can only take one of these 10 with you to start your new world. Which one would you take? Oh, they're in alphabetical order at the moment. So in alphabetical order, here are the 10 motivators for you to start your new world with. What is yours? Courage. That refers to bravery, facing external or internal opposition, provocation, or challenge. Creativity is the next one. Creativity refers to ingenuity, change, open-mindedness, innovation, invention, and novelty. Beauty it refers to the visual, audible, emotional, artistic, or spiritual attractiveness of people or things. Health refers to wholeness, energy, vitality, physical and mental well-being, and self-care. The next one, wisdom and knowledge, refers to curiosity, learning, making sense of how the world works. Community, that refers to society as a whole. Empathy, love of people, teamwork. Justice, it refers to the individual or community rights, fairness, equality, citizenship, integrity. Order, refers to organization, control, prioritization, structure, and self-regulation. Transcendence refers to gratitude, laughter, hope, optimism, humor, humility, and spirituality. Freedom refers to lightheartedness, unrestraint, flexibility, liberation, and opportunity. Which one will you start your new world with? And let that into your decision-making process on what you'd like to accomplish in the next week. I have a mission now, and you have a mission between now and next week. You know, I already gave my little outro <laughs> at the beginning of this podcast, so I almost don't have to do it again, do I? Okay. So, have you pressed the subscribe button on this podcast? platform that you're listening to me on. Have you pressed it? Because if you haven't, now's the time. Next thing, 
Go to mrsimpossible.com. M-I-S-S-E-S. Actually, you can even do the M-I-S-S-I-S. They both point to the same place. And pick a way to contact me. Uh, there's comments on that page. You can use a contact form. You can also email me at hello at mrsimpossible.com. Right now, just imagine me waiting with my phone in hand for you to write me. When you go to mrsimpossible.com, it actually goes to a blog page. And that blog page actually belongs to my coaching brand, 24-7 Friends. And it'll show you all the ways to contact me. So when you go to Mrs. Impossible and you see suddenly 24-7 Friend on the top left, that's my coaching brand. And here we go. I'm about to mention again and thank Lucas McManus for creating that really cool music at the beginning of this show. And again, a disclaimer in case the makers of Mission Impossible think that I'm trying to associate myself with Mission Impossible. No, I'm using it as a metaphor because it's a beautiful metaphor for the thrill that comes with the adrenaline rush of doing something that seems impossible in daily life, getting that thing done that has felt like a weight, figuring out how to get past it with the most cunning ways like like Tom Cruise being let down on a, what is that word? <laughs> a little cable. He was let down on this cable and he couldn't touch the walls or the floor. And now Oliver has his parting, his parting, parting <laughs> words for you. He wants to wish you something very nice. It is now time to execute your mission. I do not wish you luck. I wish you unstoppable, pure-hearted desire, clarity, and action. <laughs>